Hello, hello, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another edition here. It's time for the old fucks to get together. Crab, praise, bitch, enjoy, love, hate, destroy, whatever we're going to do with this week's episode of Dynamite. Main, mainly, mainly love. Yes. <laughs> mainly oh, no, love. No, no. Well, you know, you got to throw them all out there, right? <laughs> there's chances they could all show up. You know, there was no Jade on this episode, right? So, you know, for me overall, pretty good, you know? <laughs> so anyways, let's, yeah, let's get into it here. I'm Dan the Mouth Lebranski. That is Joe Aguinaldo you hear there in the background. Uh, I'm ready to sit down and talk. I mean, we certainly can't be really outside today here in Toronto. It has been like a totally crappy, one of those cold, rainy days because the weather's right between kind of rain and snow. So it's going in between freezing rain and cold and wet. I'm riding my bike home from work. And oh, dude. Yeah, you, yeah. That, that, that chill has got to be ugly because it's a wet but chill out there, man. That's the thing, right? Yeah. It's never so bad, but when it's cold at the same time, then it's just horrendous. So we've got nothing better to do than sit by the fire here and do this lovely podcast. <laughs> Have a couple of beverages and relax. Um, so yeah, a pretty, you know, I want to I want to talk about this just off the top because I want to see how you felt and and most weeks dynamite goes by really quickly anyways but for some reason I thought this show went by really fast like I could yeah oh yeah <laughs> like like I they have a good flow most of the time anyways but this week for some reason I don't know what it was but all of a sudden I'm like what we're at the Kushida match already it's the main event already yeah the um, the pacing yeah. on I I totally hundred percent agree like. Yeah, like you're usually the show is already pretty well paced, like you just said. And I remember thinking last night, because like, okay, so normally the way I I consume this is I'll I'll usually be about, um, let's say five minutes behind on the PVR, right? Just so I can you know sort of watch it live, kind of, but then I can rewind and I can fast forward through the commercials and fast forward through the pick and pick. So. But like last night, I kind of decided just to watch it live because I hadn't done that in a while, right? And um, and I, you know, I, I I thought, okay, let me watch it live and then I'll do my notes later, right? And I re, yeah, like kind of with like what you said at about nine twenty, I remember thinking, oh shit, like this show is almost over, <laughs> right? Like it it flew by even faster than it normally does, right? That's how that's what I felt, too, for some reason. And I don't know if it was because really any kind of promo segment was kept fairly short. Like there were no big, long winded monologues or going back and forth this week. Most of the stuff was pretty short. You know what? I think that's what it was, because the last two or three shows had been very promo heavy. Like, Mm -hmm. I think not. I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before that. Um, like our review lasted almost as long as the show, and most of that was promos. Like it was mostly <laughs> no, no, seriously, because yeah. like you yeah. had some really like I think that was like the MJF Brian Danielson yeah. promo. Yeah. Like you just had some really long segments. Don't get me wrong, they were good, but they were long. And um, like yesterday, yeah, like you know, you started off quick with a match. There was maybe like three or four, like you know, relatively quick. Uh, interviews and vignettes and it was mainly action like I, that's what i liked about the show yesterday like the matches were great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so 
So, and we did start off with the killer match right out of the ring. Oh, they did have a graphic for Jay Briscoe, of course. I'm sure most of you by now have heard about the tragic accident um, taking the life of Jay Briscoe at 30, 38 years old. Just so young in a car accident. Also, I, I, I do want to stress because a lot of people are, you know, rightfully so um, paying their respects to Jay. But let's not forget his two daughters who were also in the car with him. Yep. And one yep. of them, from my understanding, like I, I, I only saw a tweet from Melser, but from my understanding, uh, I believe her name is Grace, is going through surgery. And apparently it's pretty significant surgery. So, yeah. you yep. know, let, let's send some positive vibes out yep. in the world for her as well. Um, but that is just a tragic story. I mean, when it got announced yesterday, and I, you know, I know we'll talk about this a little later, but just really quickly, when it got announced yesterday, like again, I, I don't, I don't normally swear, but when I saw the news, I was like, holy f! Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it yeah. was just like, oh my god! You know, very similar to the reaction when, um, when, uh, when, when Brody Lee passed away, it was the right. same thing, right? Yeah. So. Um, tra- tragic loss, man. Yeah. Especially after you know those those three matches last year with with FTR. FTR, yeah. So, um, oh, like a whole dude, a whole career. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. A like whole get, career, <laughs> dude. A whole career of matches with literally everybody who is anybody. Yeah. Like and all the top stars today, like they were like the you know we always talk about the I shouldn't we'll say we should do most of this later, but just quickly we always yeah. talk about pillars. If there were ever pillars or cornerstones in Ring of Honor, it was the Briscoes. Yeah, you know, so I agree. Lots, so. lots to talk about, and let's we'll do a little chat at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get through the show, and we can we can talk and about that. Just if you didn't catch it, too, uh, Ring of Honor, they only showed the graphic here, and Excalibur mentions it a few times, but they have actually put together a tribute show that's going to air on both the AEW YouTube channel. I think it's going to be on the Ring of Honor Honor Club. I, I think I think also maybe Fight TV. I vaguely remember seeing it. It's going to be in that. a bunch of spots for yeah. for everybody to watch so yeah you know we should you know what we'll do is like we'll we'll confirm where it is and we'll definitely post it on the facebook page just so you can check it out okay so the first matchup is orange cassidy defending uh, the all-atlantic title against uh jay lethal uh this was set up on rampage last week uh lethal actually came down by himself because the whole the whole uh thing here is if his partners interfere he actually gets fired no, they, so, Sanjay Dutt gets fired. Oh, that that's was, right. Sanjay yeah. gets fired. Right. And I, I think oh. they and again, I, I didn't see it personally, but I think Excalibur explained it, saying that like it was announced on social media or something like that. Yeah, they kind of set it up on Rampage and that. And then yeah. um, they also this was great. They showed clips of a match that Lethal and Orange Cassidy had about a year ago where Lethal beat him. Yep. So that was great. Great use of the history there instead of ignoring it. Um and, but but then all of a sudden, you know, they're not we're not supposed to see Singh or Jarrett or um, Dot. Well, all of a sudden they start coming down through the crowd <laughs> and they they um, they've got tickets and uh, they're down there and they're sitting, of course, ringside. The guys always get great seats. Um, and of course, you know, Jeff Jarrett's teasing. He wants to jump in the match and get in their faces. And Sanjay Dutt and Singh are holding them back and hold them in back. Um, Dan Housen even comes out dressed like an usher and asked to see their tickets and he, you know, Sanjay <laughs> shows him the tickets and everything. He's like, yeah, you know, but to counter that at the same time, we see the best friends also at ringside with tickets and popcorn and beers. They had, they made a note of the very large uh, beers they were drinking. 
Okay, so I gotta. I'm gonna bring this up because I know you don't watch a lot of WWE, but uh, on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, um, like there was a match with someone from the Usos uh, versus I can't remember who uh, I think it was a KO. Anyways, I think it was the Usos versus KO and and uh, Cena or something like that. Anyways, so you see Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman in the back watching the match, and they have the same popcorn uh, like containers. So I'm wondering if that was a little like a little shot oh, a little okay. troll with the WWE because uh, yeah cuz I, I just I thought it was funny like it was it was harmless but I thought it was funny and it was like again exactly the same containers so like so uh I noticed uh very early and really through a lot of the performers on the show a lot of people had black armbands with J uh, yes. written across them and lethal lethal uh, I noticed had one and there were many. The Bucks had them on in their match. Yeah, Danielson and Bandito did as yeah, well. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of them, right? Uh, so this one, uh, uh, Lethal, I mean, obviously, because I don't think anybody thinks Lethal's going to get the title here. But he does get a lot of time in the match dominating here. Um, there was a great spot where he kept wanting to do his Macho Man elbow off the top. And Orange just kept rolling around. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> from each funny. corner and frustrating Lethal there. Um Orange does get control. Eventually, uh, he grabs uh, Lethal's head. He's banging it off the turnbuckle a bunch of times. Uh, he gets a stun dog millionaire and a DDT for a near fall. Uh, but then Lethal comes back. He gets the lethal combination. He tries for the lethal injection, but Orange got out of it. Uh, Orange tried for the orange punch, but Lethal did get the lethal injection, but Orange actually rolled out of the ring before he could get pinned. Um at this point, uh, Jeff Jarrett's trying to hand off the guitar to Lethal so that he can use it, but Danhausen gets it instead. And then eventually for the finish, Orange gets the Casadora for a near fall and then the Orange Punch. And after that, he gets the pin and the win. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was an okay match. It was really more like the story stuff, you know, about trying to prevent uh, those guys interfering and Dutt himself getting fired there. Right. So. And just to finish it off here, of course, you know, because you can't bring a guitar to the ring and not have it get smashed. Um, Singh gets in the ring. He was going to do a choke slam on Orange, but then the best friends run in there. But then uh, Dutt gets in there as well. And Jeff Jarrett tries to use the guitar on Orange. Uh, but Dutt's actually stopping him. He's stopping him. He's stopping him. He's saying, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I'll get fired. I'll get fired. And then... Uh, got where he was so wound up he wanted to go at it too but then double j and lethal they pulled him <laughs> out of there so so very small critique here so actually no let me let me rewind so number one i you know what i like this match it, it had it, it had a little bit of comedy in it you know a little bit of shtick and both uh orange cassidy and lethal can go in the ring and they showed that so no problem there but my, my only i guess my only thing is that from a wrestling logic perspective, and I can't believe I just said that, like the match was over. So theoretically, Singh and Jarrett could have started beating down on Orange Cassidy and, and the best friends, and it wouldn't have mattered because they didn't interfere in the match. It would have been after the match. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. But, but again, like I, I just thought that was funny where, you know, he's trying to stop Jarrett because like even during the match, there was a point where Jarrett wanted to interfere. Um, and like Dutt was holding him back. Yes. Like, oh man, I'm going to yeah. get fired. I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Like there was two or three times he did it yep. in the match. Yep. And that made total sense. 
yeah. after the match, again, I get it, but I just kind of thought, well, the match is over, so it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Okay, so uh, after this, we just had a really quick vignette to push the Kushida versus Darby Allen TNT title match, which will be Ooh. the main event of the show. Very quick, and then, bang, right into another match. Actually, you know what? Before we get started, because we forgot to mention this at the top, um, we are on the free feed today, Dan. So for all of you listening for the first time, welcome aboard. <laughs> and for all the patrons out there, thank you for con- your continued support. Uh, we'll definitely hype up the uh, the Patreon a little later at, at the end of the podcast. But I just wanted to say hi to all the people that are listening on the free feed. That's right. Hello, hello to all the newbies out there. <laughs> Uh, okay. So yeah, this, I was so surprised here. They just did this quick vignette and then right into another match. I think that was part of the reason. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wow. They're whipping another match at us already. Um, usually you'd get, you know, maybe two or three segments kind of before you'd get the next match. So, um, and this was like high flying and honestly, you know, I didn't, this was insane. The top flight. So Darius and Dante Martin against the young bucks here. Um, on, I didn't even try. No, no, I, 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 I mean, I just grabbed a couple of like, you know, um, highlights, but I mean, the thing is though, this whole match was a freaking highlight, right? Yeah, it was (laughs) like, at one point I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to try this. (laughs) I'll, I'll note, as we mentioned, you know, that the, the Bucks had the black armbands on for Jay. I mean, both of these teams work very similar style. So it was just like Joe said, kind of out of control the whole time. And that's, I have the finish here and that's really about it. So if there's any spots that you want to, jump in on and actually the, the the one that i'll mention is uh where top flight did that double team nosedive powerbomb combo oh uh, yeah for a pin attempt on nick that was awesome like, i was like what is going on here like you know uh, it, was, that, it was one of those ones where you wanted to watch the pick and pick too yeah 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 was, yep. there was stuff going on there's setting tables up and stuff and but yeah, it this was just exactly what you would expect with these yeah. four guys in the ring. The the other spot I want to highlight, and this is more of like uh, coming back to Jay Briscoe, the Bucks did do the Doomsday Device, right? And I think it was Matt, you know, who kind of acknowledged. He he pointed up and he before he did it, so that was a nice little tribute there. Uh and the finish of the match, uh, this was this was interesting. The Bucks, this was really cool because you never this was this this reminded me of the finish of Hogan versus the warrior at WrestleMania six. Okay. Where Hogan went, finally he's got the warrior down and he finally goes to give the leg drop and warrior rolls out of the way. And I'm like, wow, no one thought of doing that in the last <laughs> seven or eight years. And I, this was kind of the same. The, the Bucks go for the BTE trigger where they both kicked the guy in the head at the same time. And Darius ducked. And I'm like, yes, Darius ducked. And then, so they end up kicking each other, and then Darius grabs Matt really quick and rolls him up and gets the pin. So Top Flight gets the win here against the Bucks. I don't know if they're going to play this like, well, we just went this grueling tournament with the six-man belts. We weren't up to snuff. I thought it was kind of weird to just toss the Bucks out here, too, in a tag match like this after all the craziness we've had. It was almost like, I don't know, it's... I thought I didn't even think we'd see them on TV. I didn't think we'd see any of those guys on TV. These well, we didn't except for the Bucks. Well, but I mean, I I, they, I was they, surprised by this. Like what? And what did this really do? I mean, I guess it helps top flight, but 
the, the, like, I mean, it could be because they're in, they're still in California and the Bucks are from California. It could be right. that, right? Um, and you know what? Like the the win kind of reminded me of when the Bucks put over. Remember way back they they put over Private Party. Yes. Yeah. So like you know the I I I mean kudos to the Bucks for because that was a, that was a really good match. Like, it was a fun match to watch. Yeah, it was all over the place, but uh, you know it was a good time. Um, and but yeah, I was shocked that the Bucks won. I thought they would have won. They did try to explain it away though with you know these guys are tired from the. From the six man, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, from the trios sense. and stuff. So that was yeah, good. that but makes you're, sense. You're right. Like I mean, I remember when they when they when they announced this, it was just kind of a random. The Bucks versus Top Flight. And I'm it like, is. There okay. Was no, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing going into it. And with I mean, with Top Flight winning, unless they start something with the Bucks here, but I just thought it was so weird to have them in a regular tag after we just saw them win. Yeah, I'm the, I, I'm curious as to why that. Like again, I'm not going to knock the match. It was a good match. No, but no, not at it, all. Like, and it's, from it, from it's a story good. perspective, it didn't make sense. Yeah, it just it's just like well, they just won the trios title. They're all beat up after these seven matches. They shouldn't even be wrestling, right? And and that should be, you know, kind of the focus for a while and let other teams wrestle for the tag belts and stuff. So, yeah, weird. Yeah. Hey, but I do like, though, the fact that the announcers were saying that Darius and Dante, though, had had, like, two really hard matches with the Blackpool Combat Club. So maybe, you know, like, this was them sort of toughening up, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, like, again, at the end of the day, good match. The story was a little flaky, <laughs> like for lack of a better Okay, term. yes. So we went to commercial break. We come back. Now we get into a, a couple of segments here. Uh, we had the guns coming out. The guns are starting to get a <laughs> bit more of a push here on Dynamite. Uh, Colt, they went down to the ring. Colt said they were the best team in the world. Of course, the crowd just chanted asshole at them. <laughs> Austin said the acclaim embarrassed us on TV. You forgot we made the acclaimed popular and champions. We even gave them our dad, but that is the last time they embarrass us. That brings out the acclaimed. Uh, the green, the guns are freaking screaming. Cut the music! They're telling them to cut the music, cut the music. But of course, Caster gets out there and said, "Hey man, did you people come to hear the ass boys talk or to hear me freestyle?" He goes, "Turn off Austin's mic and hit my music." And he, of course, you know, he dissed the ass boys. They only got a job because their dad works there. Um, there was a big chunk that got censored at one point. Yeah. I'm not, they, not sure what they, was they, going on there. They bleeped the, like pretty much an entire line out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that there was a line that I don't know if it's centered around the word bullshit, I think, or something. So the acclaim, they get it. They get in there. You know, Bones does his scissor me and everybody freaks. They they get in the ring. They start brawling. Uh, daddy ass is trying to like break everything up. Come on, calm down. And the guns, the guns eventually leave. And uh, daddy ass said he was tired of this. He, he He's talking to the guns. He goes, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of your self-privileged whining. And then he looked at the acclaimed. He said, you guys are tag champs. He goes, why don't you start acting like it? So it was kind of like he was upset with both teams here. And he said, next week, we're going to sit down and hash all this out. And then he said, and if you don't like that, I have two words for you. And no, it was not suck it. It was the dreaded family therapy. So although the crowd did say suck it. So. Yes, I guess. I don't know if I guess we're going to have a vignette next week with the 
two teams sitting oh, down man. together with him. If, if they have Dr. Shelby, I'll pop. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could. It's, it's touch and go with stuff like this. It could work. It could not. So we'll see. But yeah, they, uh, they got to yeah. be they got to be careful with that. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, 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 it could. Yeah, well, we'll see. It has potential to be good, but it also has potential to be really horrible. So, yeah, well, it, the, here's the other thing, though, like, you know, obviously we're making reference to that whole team. Hell no thing with Daniel Bryan at the time and Kane. But that took a couple of weeks to get some traction. So. You know, like if they do a one and done with family therapy, I got to believe it's going to suck. Just, you know, like, right. But if they do it like a few vignettes and as long as they're entertaining, maybe. But Mm. so very curious to see see. how they treat. Yes. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, Okay, so the next bit, we've got Hangman is backstage with Renee. Uh, She asked him how he was feeling after last week's win over John Moxley. He said he felt fine physically, but after the first match, uh, Mox took something from him. And he said, I told him I would beat him for the title, and I didn't. And he took my word from me when he knocked me out. And he said, I feel with this win, though, I at least have my word back. Uh, Renee said that Mox told her that Hangman had pushed Moxley to be a better version of himself and that he both despises and cherishes you. And she said, how do you feel about your dynamic with him? And Hangman said, I understand the nature of wrestling. And in our first match, he put me to sleep. But he wanted to make a joke out of it. So I told him to his face, I would knock him out and beat him. And I did. And if he has anything to say about it, say it in my face. And I would gladly do it again. Renee asked, where do you go from here? And he said, something you said earlier reminded me of somewhere I'd like to go some tough conversations I'd like to have. He goes, I have to mend some fences that need mending that have needed mending for a long time. He goes, but I won't go into specifics. Now, I don't know if that's a reference to something with the Bucks, or is that, I don't know if that's something with the Dark Order. I'm hoping the Bucks, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably the Bucks. Uh, Renee ended it. Renee ended the interview there and said, okay, thanks for your time. And then they did kind of like this, I guess supposed to be the camera's off now, style chat and and um he page said to rena you know how's moxley really feeling and she said he's been hurt the entire time she's known him but he'll get back up and dust himself off and carry on and page started out like he was gonna say you know and can you give him this message renee but then he stopped himself and he he changed his mind and said forget it and just left so not sure what they were teasing there as well either. But I would say from this, this is continuing in some way. Agree. And I like I like the like it's not it's not crazy tension, but there's a tension there and I like that. It makes sense because you know, Renee's is yeah is, is Moxie's yep. wife and yep. but she's also a journalist, so she's gotta maintain that, you know, that that neutrality thing. Trying so, to get the story, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think like I think Renee did a really good job in this interview like that, like her performance there, um, I thought was good. Again, nice, subtle tension. You know, there was kind of maybe a little bit of remorse from Hangman Page, but not really. So um, I agree with you, though, that, yeah, I think I like, hey, man, if they have another match, I'm all for it. That that last match was pretty good. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it definitely looks like it's carrying on. It was it was too elaborate a promo yeah. and setup to not mean something. Yep. Yep. 
And bang, zoom, right out of that, back into a match, back into our, we have the third match of the show already. It's Jake, I like that hat, Hager, <laughs> taking on absolute Ricky Starks. So, of course, Jericho, Menard, and Parker, they all come out with Hager. Jericho heads over to the commentary ta- uh, table. Um, so, th- yeah, this one, uh, Starks comes out on his own. Uh, they get at it. Uh, Hager gets control first. He's giving him lots of shots to the gut, kind of pushing the MMA fighter thing there. He's actually wearing the purple hat while he wrestles here. Um, and you know what? While while we're at the beginning here, if you've not seen the latest episode of RJ City's uh, Hey EW with Jake Hager, <laughs> you got to see it. It's great. It was really funny. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely check out that episode. I mean, RJ usually always does great stuff with these guys, but this one with Hager was pretty funny. So, and at this point, Starks is even teasing him. Starks takes the hat off and puts it on for a little bit. Um, Starks did his walk in the top rope thing, where he, but he kind of dallied on it, and Jake kind of grabbed him off of there and threw him around. Um, they went to pick and pick with Hager beating him up on the outside. Uh, they set up a table on the outside during the pick and pick as well. Uh, Starks at one point took out Menard and Parker. Starks, Starks got a DDT for a near fall at one point, but then he eventually gets the spear on Hager and he gets the pin. And then very quickly, Garcia and Sammy, who were not seen at all during this whole time, they come down quickly, but Starks escaped through the crowd. So he gets the win and he gets away before they can beat him up. It was good. Good match. It was, it was, um, I, and I like the fact that, you know, the five heels rushed the ring. Ricky Starks runs out. Didn't try to take on five guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Like that's yeah. see to me, that's not chicken. That's smart. Smart. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? So no, it's a good match. And, and, and like, you know, the, the story continues, right? Yeah. And it's, I guess it's going to be Starks just kind of trying to take them all out or beat them all. I'm guessing. Yeah, and then to get back to Jericho, that'd be yeah. my guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, they had a quick, uh, again, a very quick recap of Adam Cole just talking about his comeback last white week. He said, "I've been fantasizing what it would like, uh, what it would be like to get in front of the AEW fans, and LA did not disappoint one bit." He says he will run AEW and he will run over anybody that gets in his way, and that was it. Good. That was it. Done. Yeah. It was, you know what, short and sweet, baby. It was good because you had the big return last week, and you have to have, if you're not going to do something this week, moving it forward, I like the fact that they just stuck that in there to remind everybody, hey, Adam Cole's back. If you didn't see it yeah, last yeah, week, Adam but, Cole's but, back. But it wasn't so long that it was belaboring the point. No, 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 right? just a quick reminder Perfect. to, like, yeah, we're not exactly. doing anything this week, but, hey, Adam Cole came back last week, and he's, you know. Yep. So I thought it was good. Uh, they went to break. Uh, this is, a, again, another quick segment here. Tony's backstage with the angry Jericho Appreciation Society after what happened in the match with Hager and Starks. Jericho says, Starks has been making fun of us, mocking us, and worst of all, he's beating us. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Jericho said it all ends next week as he has requested a tag match with Starks and his little buddy, uh, Action Andretti, the orphan. That seems to be his nickname for Andretti, the orphan. It's great. Yeah, the orphan. He says uh, 
he he wants uh, Starks and uh, the Orphan to take on Sammy Guevara and himself. At this point, uh, Daniel Garcia kind of speaks up and says, hey, man, he's already going to get his hands on Andretti this Friday on Rampage. So they're going to do Rampage with Garcia and Andretti. Um, he goes, but I want to get my hands on Starks, too. He goes, I want to be your partner. And Sammy pipes in with this. And this is making fun of that whole thing where they talked about how Sammy was going to mentor Garcia. And Sammy's just pipes in here. He's like, oh, this is what I've trained you for. I'm so proud. Um, if you do beat Andretti on Friday, you can certainly have my spot on the tag match. And he's like hugging Garcia and Garcia's doing that whole little like uh, uncomfortable stop hugging me kind of thing. Um, uh, Garcia's or sorry, Guevara said he had something for him and he gave him new ring gear. And Garcia kind of just uh, kind of reluctantly accepts it. Um, OK, next week, Jericho said it will be the sex gods, him and Sammy. Or Garcia Co. <laughs> Once again, my favorite promotional gimmick. There. I don't know why they have this weird thing where they. Okay, feel wait, they wait, have... hold on. The, the Sex Gods is okay. That's the oh, name. No, like, that's different. No, that's, that's cool. Different. But yeah, Jer- like uh, Garcia Co. I was like, come on. <laughs> like, oh, come on. I was the same. I was like, okay, not everybody needs to do this, you know. Uh, and he said, next week, Ricky Starks, your lucky streak ends. And again, Sammy's hugging Garcia, who clearly hates this. So there still seems to be, even though he wants to try to do his best with the group, there still seems to be tension there with Garcia and certainly Sammy. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I got to say, they kind of jumped the shark for me on this Garcia thing because tension between Garcia and Jericho, that was interesting. Tension between Sammy and Garcia, not so much. Well, I think it's because after this segment, Sammy's playing it almost like a joke, right? Yeah, like, like, like I, I think that's it. Like, like the Jericho Garcia stuff was serious. Like it was, you know, like hey, like you know, like there, there was, there was real tension there. Right. The Sammy stuff, it's, it's almost coming off it's as silly. comedy. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah, it silly. Is. That's a great word. And like again, I, I'm. I want to see that match. Don't get me wrong. I think that match will be good. Just the way that they're getting there is like, I I just, I'm not feeling it right now. Yeah, me too. That's how I kind of felt watching it. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like this broad comedy, you know, yeah. like I was just, you could have still kind of done the say Sammy, just be serious and be outrageous in his claims of mentoring him. And yeah, Garcia that, that, can just be rolling his eyes and yep. Yep. But like, like yesterday was just like, I got you new pants and I got you like, I'm giving you a hug. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, and again, that segment done and into another match. This was, um, this is the next in the series, uh, where Brian Danielson has to wrestle a bunch of different people to get to MJF. Um, the Dude, guy, can, he I, has can, to I, re- can I just say right now that I love this match? <laughs> you can, I'm not so much about the, I not know about the story here oh i just i I just love the action (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah. obviously if danielson and bandito are going to get together you know the match is going to be good but my problem is i don't buy mjf hunting down bandito thinking that he's gonna beat brian danielson i just to me like this and same with you know what it was the same with last week's choice i'm just kind of like well, no, I the, I almost think in this instance, and Tony Khan is so into this kind of stuff, he should be pulling people and bringing them in for one shot. 
as yeah. MJF's hired outlaws to take out this guy. Like, so bring, like, bring in somebody that's not part of the promotion that could have a spectacular match with Danielson rather than because you know what I get the feeling is here is that they're doing this angle and Brian Danielson's picking all his opponents, not MJF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian exactly. Like, ah, I want to match with Takeshita. Oh, I want to match with Bandito. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like yeah. MJF. It's like, it's almost like MJF said, okay, well, you got to beat all these guys. And Danielson said, okay, but I get to pick all the guys. Yeah. Really like, well, I mean, so, I, I, I guess the, the, the good news about that is that it's not like MJF has, it's not like MJF flat out said, I'm picking your opponents like he did against Jericho, for example. Remember that Labors of Jericho thing? So I kind of understand it. But yeah, like to me, it's like. No, it no, like, but wait a, no, but wait a second. I mean, while we see later in the show, MJF is, you know, he is picking the people. We see a payoff later in the show, right? Well, OK, when we get there, we'll get there. But like I, I see what you're saying and I, I don't disagree. But at the same time. Like, again, this doesn't – even though it's kind of similar, it doesn't feel like Labors of Jericho because the, in Labors of Jericho, MJF said, yeah, I'm bringing in an outsider, for example, right? Um, but again, yeah, that said, it doesn't make well, it sense. Is, I don't – it is basically the same angle. Like, really, it's not that much different. Uh, I I just think – I just think it's – you've got to pick people that the fans are going to buy that that guy's there to take out Danielson. No one buys the Bandito – is there to take out Danielson. We had a promo from Takeshita in this show later, how he talks about Brian Danielson yeah, being yeah. his favorite wrestler. Yeah. Like, this should be, I don't know. See, and, and that's what... It's like the one-man gang or something. Like, this should be MJF just fighting the biggest, baddest guys that he can that aren't doing anything. And that's the thing. That's why I don't think MJF's picking them. To your point about what happens with Brian Cage... That made sense to me. Like he he didn't pick Brian Cage, but he's gonna pay Brian Cage to break Brian Danielson's arms, right? So that's why like the Bandito and Takeshita makes sense. And I'm kind of glad that that MJF's not picking people because if he is, then we've already seen this. <laughs> and I'm already I'm already out of well, uh, I'm already at the end of my rope with MJF. So like, <laughs> anyways, but by that, but by the same token though. Right. Uh, how can it, the story make sense if he's not picking the people? Like, what no, do you no, mean? Because, again. What, he, so like, you just got to win your next five matches, then you get a match with me? Like, Yeah, pretty much. That's that's the story, right? Danielson has to go on a winning streak. He cannot lose one match. And uh, if that happens, he gets he gets the Iron Man match, right? Hmm, I don't know. It seems, I guess I see it, but it just seems a little bit weird to me that the person wouldn't be picking the matches, not just saying, hey, you better win all your matches until the pay-per-view or we're not having this match. It seems kind of weird to me. But let's get into the match because it was, as you said, and, and you mentioned as well, both guys had uh, Jay Briscoe black armbands. Um, crowd was very hot. They were chanting for Bandito right out of the gate. Um, Bandito actually got the Romero special yeah. with the surfboard um, uh, really early. But of course, you know uh, Brian gets out of it, and then he Dude, tried not, to get. Not only does he get out of it, he just steps out of it casually. Yeah, <laughs> <awesome>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he actually tried to put it on Bandito, but he couldn't at this point. Uh, of course, Bandito is diving all over the place. Um, right as they go to the first pick and pick, Bandito's doing a dive. He comes over the top rope into the ring from the outside, and Brian kicks him right in the gut. So that took him out so the whole pick and pick so Brian could just kind of beat up on him. 
Um, he hung Bandito in the corner upside down, kind of kicked the shit out of him. Tree of um, woe, baby. <laughs> yeah, he, he he finally got the Romero special here in the pick and pick. Uh, he slid and he and he headed him up and he slid the shoulders down for a near fall. Uh, they came back and Bandito really did take over pretty quickly. Um, there was a this is awesome chant by the crowd. Bandito did this insanely long vertical suplex. Oh, the, Ver- yeah, that delayed suplex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bandito also went for the frog splash off the top, a la Eddie Guerrero. But Brian got the knees up and then Brian got the label lock on. But Bandito did that uh, twisting of the hips and got his leg over to the ropes. Um, that, Brian, whole sub- it, that whole submission spot actually was just a great spot. It was. It was done they, very they, well. They were in it. For, he was in it for a while. And a like, long, he just kept, yes. He just kept fighting. And it was it, like not boring. It was not. Like, it was like, oh, my God, get get to the ropes. Yes. <laughs> like, it know? was. It, yeah, it was good because they gave it the time for you to actually get emotionally yeah, invested. Exactly. Right. You didn't get to the ropes right away. You know, they built it up. Uh, so yeah, he gets to the ropes, breaks it up. Brian's laying in heavy kicks like crazy. Um, but the last one, Bandito actually stopped him and grabbed his leg, tossed him back. Then he got him in kind of like the torture rack thing and then kind of drops him in almost like a go to sleep thing. Oh yeah. That, that with that knee looked vicious, man. Yeah. And then he gave him like this insane suplex after that. Um, Brian did his running knee off the apron to Bandito on the floor. That seems to be a staple in most of his matches now. Um, Bandito did this kind of flip over body slam off the top. It was, oh, the moonsault uh, body slam. Yeah, yeah. That, that looked that looked vicious. That was crazy. And then he got the 21 plus suplex, which is yeah. one of his signature suplexes for the near fall. Uh, they had a big giant slap fest after that, just going nuts, slapping each other in the face. And then... Uh, Brian tries for the label lock again, but Bandito picks him up. But then Brian pushes off and he gets a backslide and then the Busaiko knee and the pin. So there you go. Brian, of course, wins the match. And MJF does a quick response on the big screen. He says, I've heard all the things you and the fans have to say about me claiming I'm not worthy of my position here. And he goes, people seem to forget who I am and how I became your world champion. I love that when it's the heel says your world champion. It's like rubbing it in their faces. He says, I take that personally. And after all the moments I've given you people, you are so fickle. He goes, that's an understatement. Brian said, what you don't seem to understand is since we've been dealing with each other, you've been dealing with masked Max. He goes, masked Max likes to keep it light and have some fun. But as you go on this journey and you get closer to March 5th and Revolution and the one-hour Iron Man match, you think you want, my mask is going to slip off. And he says, Brian, you don't want that. Nobody does. You think you're a dragon, but a dragon is no match for the monster behind the mask. So he was basically doing this promo that you're seeing, ha-ha, light, light MJF here, but I'm a real demon beside behind all the silliness. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you went now talk about this now. You you're you're awfully what's the thing you're with the MJF? You're just what's digging or what's not there or what's like what is it that's turning you cold here? It, like again, same old shit. Same old shit. That's it. Like, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I know he's good. I get it. He's very good on the mic. 
you know, he knows how to push people's buttons, but it's like, you know, you're seeing mass max heard this before, you know, we were just kind of sort of arguing about this before labors of Jericho. Let's put Cody through the ringer. Same thing with Brian Danielson. Again, seeing this before. And it's like, again, I, I know he's good. I know he's good in the ring. I know he's very good on the mic, but I'm just, I'm just over it. I'm done. <laughs> like, like that was a washroom break for me. It's a tough one because I hear you certainly in terms of the angles, right? They all yeah, do like, seem to be the same, and, right? And, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know Ric Flair did this kind of stuff. Bret Hart, best there is, best there was, best there ever there will be. You know, like Austin had his catchphrases, you know, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. The Rock, you know, all, all of these guys have their catchphrases. They have their sort of their characters down. Not saying he's not good. Not saying that he's not talented. None of that. Okay. But just for me personally, I'm just not interested anymore. Like, I just, t- for me, it's the same old, same old. And it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, Okay, so after this, uh, this is a little weird thing backstage with Soraya, uh, Tony Storm, and Sheeta. And the three of them are just kind of standing there. And it's like, um, she's Soraya's just freaking on Sheeta, saying, How what are you how, how stupid are you to bring a kendo stick in the ring? And then Storm's like, Hey, hey, you know, it wasn't Sheeta's fault that Britt got the kendo stick. She goes, I've known Sheeta for years. She would never do that. She goes, Storm Storm goes, the problem is the AEW homegrown girls. They live in this bubble and they don't know anything else and they don't know what we know. And she is just looking like completely disgusted with this whole thing. She's not really happy with either one of them. I, Storm, you know what? I, I like Sheeta's reaction there because she is also one of those quote unquote homegrown girls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Storm said, speaking of homegrown girls, tonight I face Willow, and I'm going to show her why we are the best. And Soraya looked at Sheeta and said, you stay back here. And they left, and again, Sheeta was not happy. No, and I was not happy that they were dissing Sheeta, because you know. You know. So I know. Like I said last week, Soraya and Tony Storm, Jerkface 1 and Jerkface 2, they are dead to me. After that, we go to break. Uh, we come back, and um, the announcers mention that Brian's next challenge is Brian Cage, as you mentioned earlier. So we have uh, Renee back uh, stage with Prince Nanya and Brian Cage. Uh, she said, uh, it's going to be you against uh, Brian next week. How do you feel about it? Uh, Cage went to answer, and then all of a sudden, MJF walks right into the frame, which you must have loved since you've had enough of them already. Um, MJF came in and Brian Cage, and he said to Brian Cage, the machine, and he goes, he goes, I need a machine. And he goes, he pulled out an envelope and said he had more money than they had ever seen in their entire lives. He goes, I don't care if you win or lose, but I do care if you break his arm. He goes, is that doable? And Cage said, yeah, we can work that out. And MJF slapped him across the face. Cage grabs him. Nanya's trying to calm him down and just kept saying, the money, the money. I love how Prince Nanya has always been about the money. It's like, the money, the money. Um, he let MJF go. MJF said, feel that right now. That is hate. And I learned at a young age that there is no greater motivator. He said, so next week, do it. He gave Nanya, Prince Nanya the money and said, pleasure doing business with you guys. 
So see, this is more to me what it should be like. This is what we should be seeing. MJF going out, paying people off, buying talent, picking, picking the guys, Joe, picking the guys. Oh, again, not not disagreeing, although if they did do that, then that's, again, seen it, done it, got the T-shirt. And I also have a problem with Brian Cage, because if he's supposed to be some badass and he let MJF slap him, then slap him back. Like, what are you, a patsy? Come on. <laughs> like, I oh. yeah, like, again, I, I it, it just, I... I'm not into anything MJF is in. So Wow. Like, well, you're not going to enjoy the promotion for the next little while. He's going to be at the top, I'm guessing. No, like, like, here's the thing. Again, I know he's good. Don't get me wrong. I know he's, like, he's very good. He is. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just done with him. Okay, <laughs> like, so so what, How how is it then you put up with it for years with someone like Ric Flair? You know what? Because Ric Flair changed it up. He was entertaining. I got to see him wrestle. It, like, I think, you know, here's the other thing. I think here's the difference, okay? And you've actually mentioned this to me as well, okay? MJF doesn't wrestle. Cool. No problem. But we see him every week. Ric Flair, we didn't. Randy Savage, we didn't. Hulk Hogan, we didn't. You know what I mean? So, like, if you see MJF come up and he says the same thing over and over and over and over again, it's like, all right, dude, I don't need to see you every week. Like, carry on. And that's what but we're seeing right now. But wait a second, though. Wait a second, though. In, those, in the Crockett days there, the early World Championship Wrestling, I'm sorry, but Flair was on every week. Flair, they always had a Flair promo. And sometimes, you know, he'd have a jobber match. But seriously, Flair was on TV a lot back then. Like, come on. <laughs> Okay, he was, but he was entertaining. So that's the difference. This is not entertaining. You're just for me. not finding this entertaining. I'm not okay. finding this entertaining. All like, right, like, the, here's the other part, because they're like, let's take Swerve, okay? I'm not gonna put Swerve in the same category as MJF, because he's he's not there yet. But I find Swerve entertaining, and here's the difference. I want to see Swerve get his ass kicked. MJF, I don't care. That's my problem. I don't care. Okay, uh, moving on, we get right back into matches here after this, and it's the women's match talked about earlier, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. Of course, Soraya comes down with Storm, and uh, um, it's just kind of the idea that Willow could hold her own with Storm, which Storm does not, you know, Storm doesn't like that idea. That was kind of the story of the match, that you, you can't beat me. I can hold my own with you. I'm good enough to hold my own with you. Um, Storm, of course, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad match either. No, no, no. Uh, Storm used the hip attack to knock Willow out of the ring. Um, Sheeta eventually comes down the ramp. They go to pick and pick right as Sheeta comes down. Uh, Soraya confronts Sheeta. Sheeta had the kendo stick and she just kind of dropped it by the, the ring steps there. Uh, Storm was in control though during most of the pick and pick. She had quite a good looking full Nelson on Willow for quite a while there in the pick and pick. Uh, they came back. Willow takes over. She gets several near falls. A uh, storm comes back. gets DDT for a near fall. Um, and then Willow gets the misdirect and the pounce. And then the, the straps come down. Willow pulls her straps down <laughs> like Jerry Lawler or that, that, was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought, I thought, why not? Right? Like, why yeah. not? Uh, she pulls him down. She did the cannonball in the corner there, which seems to be one of her big moves. Um, and Willow gets a near fall on her from that. 
Uh, Soraya eventually distracts Willow. Storm comes up from behind and manages to roll her up and get the pin. Uh, Soraya and Storm both attack her after the match. And all of a sudden, Ruby comes down right at the end um, to chase them all off. And Sheeta just kind of stayed out of the whole thing. I was, yeah, was she... kind of confused with what was going on here because Sheeta came down. Soraya got in her face. She dropped the candlestick, and then she really didn't do much. Yeah, I think I think again. I think this is somewhat of a slow build to to see what happens with regards to Sheeta. So I'm okay that Sheeta didn't do anything. But you know what I really liked about this entire thing is that like, and you and I talked about this, Dan. Like how we kind of thought that if like let's say something happens with Soraya and Sheeta and AEW, like Britt Baker, for example, because Britt is a homegrown talent, right? I got to figure AEW fans will probably, you know, quote unquote, turn on Soraya before they turn on Brit. So I love the fact that AEW, it looks like they're just leading into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They already know it's going to happen. Yeah, they already, they already know it's going it. to happen and they're just leaning into it because they're like, because just... <laughs> Soraya just came out of no, like, I mean, yeah. even her promo, she was right. already kind of like a jerk. Right. And then suddenly she just attacked Willow out of nowhere. And then Storm was like, yeah, let's go. Right. So I think the story is those two turn. Maybe they try to get Sheeta on their side. And who knows? Maybe Sheeta joins Team a- AEW. Because right. you do notice that a few people, not just not just Tony Storm, but like I think even the announcer said AEW homegrown talent. Yes. Right. So yes. I, I wonder if they're they're leading up to something like that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I want to see Sheeta in an actual program. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Me too. Right? This, this is like, killing me right now. She's never really been in an actual program. You know? Yeah. So. Um. Okay. So after this, we had the promo for Rampage. It's going to be Daniel Garcia against Action Andretti. Eddie Kingston will speak, which is always fun. <laughs> Brian Cage, in prep for his match with Brian Danielson, will take on Willie Mack. Jade and Layla Gray will tag. Woo! <laughs> and Jungle Boy versus Ethan Page. And so this leads to a page with Stokely and uh, Ethan Page together here, a little segment. Stokely says, the locker room's buzzing because you're telling everyone, Jungle Boy, that you're done with this. He goes, but we're not done with you. He said, like I told Big Bill, it's embarrassing that we lost to two guys named Hook and Jungle Boy. He goes, what ridiculous name. I loved I, I'm getting to like Stokely. He's starting to grow on me. Oh, yeah. No, I, I turned the corner on him about a, a, two weeks ago. <laughs> He's great. Um, Actually, it was since that, what was it, passivity? Like, right. New levels right. of passivity. Like, yes. That was, that was when I started turning the corner. Um, Ethan speaks up and says, that's where I come in. He goes, Stokes has let me have my fun making Isaiah's life a living hell, and I'm having a blast with Matt Hardy on Elevation. He goes, but now the fun is done. He goes, you want to tap out Lee Moriarty, Jungle Boy? Friday, it's payback. So we've got Paige and Jungle Boy. And then they mentioned as well, Dynamite next week, Cage versus Brian Danielson. And more matches will be announced on Rampage. On Rampage. <laughs> Okay, uh, we come back from break, and they just they just do a quick little thing here with Takeshita. 
and they recapped last week when he got in MJ's, uh, MJF's face. And they showed some clips from the match with Brian. And so we've got Takeshita with Renee. She asks him how he feels after his match with Brian last week. He said, I love wrestling Brian Danielson. He's my hero, and I learned so much. I'm now going to watch his back because I don't trust MJF. And then he he did that kind of very intense little spiel in Japanese directed at MJF. And Renee looks at him when he finishes and says, what does that mean? And he said, it means MJF is an asshole. <laughs> right. That's good. It's funny. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I thought it was good, too. So, uh, yeah, so there, just a little thing to keep everybody, keep Takeshita out there, let him know he's part of the picture. But, yeah, again, to me, that undermines the MJF thing, though, because it's like he just said Brian's his hero. It's like, why would MJF pick the guy's hero to wrestle him? It's like, see, and that, and that's why I don't think he's picking. Like, that's that's sort of where I'm getting he at. saw a vignette with him giving the money to Stokely. He's picking. No, no, giving money to have someone break an arm. That's not that's not picking someone. That's saying, hey, if you break an arm, here's more money, right? Like it, it, it's still, I don't know, like, I don't know. It's still picking to me. You went to that guy in particular. Yeah, but he didn't say he didn't say Tony Khan book Brian Cage versus Danielson. Tony Khan booked or well, whoever the, who the Booker um, book Cage versus well, Sanjay Dutt's got the pencil. Okay, so maybe. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, because like maybe maybe the point of this argument is the fact that maybe they should have clarified this a tad more. That's all. Yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, you know, if MJF had said, you know, gone into that vignette with Cage and Stokely and said, you know, or Prince Nanya said, uh, hey, man, I hear you're Brian's next opponent. Well, you know what? I'd like to further uh, create uh, some motivation for it, you. No, it, and, and exactly. See, that like, you know what I mean? If it was like that, been, then fine. Yeah. You're right. He's not picking him. He just knows he's his next opponent. So he's approaching him. But that's not how it was portrayed. So then in any case, they, we know that MJF is rooting for Brian Cage, if nothing else. So for sure. Okay, so again, as Joe and I said off the top, we thought this episode really flew by. We're at the main event already. Yeah, like, dude, like, even now while we're going through the notes, we got to this part, and I'm like, oh, shit, we're already at the main event. (laughs) No, no, it was, I don't know what it was. I I think it was just, I think it was the rapid fire, all the segments being kept short, and then just, you know, there was, like, what, five matches probably on this show, right? Like, I I could use more shows like this, because, like, again... Some of those promo-heavy shows, man. It's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, we had, like, you know, four or five. We had, like, five. Actually, we had, like, six matches. And they they were good, too. Like, they were all good, right? So, yeah. Whatever it is. I mean, I I certainly think, um, you know, Tony Khan can be criticized maybe for some of his booking choices and stuff. But in terms of pacing a show. He has gotten much better. The pacing, yeah. The pacing is really good most of the time now, you know? Okay, so this is great. Uh, we get to see the return of one of the time splitters, Kushida, <laughs> taking on Orange Cassidy for the All Atlanta title. He still has it on his. He still um, has it on the tape on his oh, wrist. Hold on, you mean you mean Darby for the TNT? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what am I yeah. talking? No, no. You said oh, Orange. Yeah, why did yeah. I? You said Orange oh, that's Cassidy. So weird. So. Yeah, no, I wrote down. I wrote down Kushida versus Orange <laughs> Cassidy for the All Atlantic title. What was I thinking? 
You, okay. you're, you're thinking the opener. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're right. Holy cow, isn't that funny? That's so bizarre. Okay. Yeah, of course, it's Darby. But yeah, Kushida still had the little clock written on his um on his yeah, his on wrist his paper, or whatever on his yeah. wrist. So he's still and he's got the look. He's still got the back to the future look. Um a couple of New Japan Dojo students came out with Kushida. Of course, Sting comes out with Darby. Uh, this was, this was, again, this was a great match too with Darby and Kushida. They worked yeah, together really well. Time. Um, they did some mat wrestling, working submissions almost to kind of start things off. Um, uh, Darby threw him into the barricade, like head first. They were outside. He just grabbed him and rammed his head into the barricade. Um, Kushida went after Darby's bad arm. That was kind of the story of the match, the bad arm and the bad shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so Kushida was trying to work that all through. Darby gets the code red at one point for the near fall. Uh, Darby does the cannonball to the outside. And he actually wiped out the New Japan uh, dojo guys, took them both out. But then Kushida got him and starts working the arm as they go into pick and pick. So he stayed on most of that on pick and pick. And he actually tossed um, uh, Kushida back or sorry, tossed Darby back in the ring. He's working the arm. Um, coming out right, coming right out of the break, they're trading chops with each other back and forth. Kushida, I love how Kushida does the Pele kicks. He did it a couple times uh, in this match, and uh, you know, and we did just have the passing of Pele a little while ago. Um, Darby got the Scorpion Death Drop at one point, but he he just couldn't capitalize because his arm was just bugging him so much. So they were both kind of just laying there at that point. Uh, Kushida throwed him, uh, knocked him out to the outside. And then he did the running knee off the apron like Brian likes to do. Mm-hmm. And he had, it was, it was so good. He hit Darby's shoulder like perfect. Like it was yeah, totally yeah, yeah. like, I'm, it wasn't like, I'm just going to do a crazy flying knee at you. I'm going for your shoulder. Like to me, that's the kind of stuff you got to have where it like, okay, a running crazy knee like that makes sense. You went right for his shoulder. Yep. Yep. For um, sure. But uh, Darby, uh, they get back up there. They're fighting. Darby gives him a stunner on the apron that looked kind of bad for both Darby. of them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, he he landed ass first on the apron. Yeah. I mean, that that can't be good. Yeah, it did not look good for either guy. Um, so Kushida's kind of laid out. Uh, Darby goes and gets a chair. Uh, he puts Kushida in it on the outside. And then he did the shotgun drop kick off the top. But this was so great. Kushida's in the chair. Darby comes off the top with the drop kick. But Kushida friggin' grabs the arm as he comes down right out of the air and just reefs on it hard. Starts cranking it. Um, the ref starts counting. Kushida just cranks on it so much, leaves him there. He jumps back in the ring, and Darby just barely beats the count. Um, was... Uh, a Darby chant as Kushida's like just still working the arm and the crowd's just loving it, chanting for Darby, getting behind him. Uh, Kushida flipped him off the top and landed on the arm and the shoulder, which looked nasty. Uh, Kushida got the hoverboard lock on there as well. Um, and this was the dojo guys were being a little bit smart asses here. They were offering Sting the towel. They had the towel and they're like, here, Sting. Throw in the towel. Save your boy. Save your boy. But Sting just grabs it and kind of just wipes his brow with it and then throws <laughs> it away. Now, before you go further, did that remind you of anything? Because it reminded me of two matches. Okay. No. What did it remind you of? Okay. So 
it reminded me first of remember when uh, I think it was Brett versus Bob Backlund and Owen gave the t- the towel to uh, to um, uh, Stu and Helen Hart to throw in because right. Brett the chicken yes, chicken wing. Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. But but more for you and me as old fucks, it reminded me of the Thunderdome match, but like with Sting and Flair versus Funk and Mudo. M- M- yeah, Mudo. When like I think like. Gary Hart or some anyways there was a, a point where they were they were like gonna throw the towel in, and I think Ole Anderson punched Gary Hart or something like that but it just like when I saw the towel they reminded me of those two matches nice nice uh yeah it's not something you see very often no no sure. no so so yeah that was that was a good spot with Sting again Sting just being used so well here for maximum effort yeah, yeah. and, and I got I got I got I got a question for you about Sting after we get through this match okay so. okay and I love how he he's literally does nothing just his presence there adds <laughs> so much yeah um Darby manages to flip Kushida over and he does that he does that um crazy reverse kind of figure four that he calls the Last Supper yes yeah and he just reefs on Kushida's leg and pulls him right over and is manages to get him down and get the pin and get the win. So um, Darby keeps the title. Great match. They actually shook hands afterwards. And, uh, you know, it looked like Shida was or Kushida was asking for another chance. It looked like he was like saying one more. Yeah, it looked like more. it. Yeah. One more. So hopefully, I mean, the whole idea and the announcers put this over is is this seems to be this whole idea of this breakneck pace that Darby is defending the title at. Right. Like this was like, what, his third or fourth defense? Yeah. Something like that. Just just wanted from Joe. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the idea where they're going to do the story that he just goes at such a breakneck pace that one of them eventually somebody eventually yeah. manages to beat him and he's lost the title again or, or something. But uh, I thought this was, I thought it was really great. The two worked together. Well, the good storytelling in it. Yeah. And the crowd, the crowd was really behind Darby. Exactly what you want. Yeah, they were, they were hot the whole night actually. So uh, kudos to them too, the crowd. So yeah, there you go. That was it. Uh, yep. No, this was great. No run-ins, no crazy shit afterwards. Just Kushida and, and Darby shaking hands. That was pretty well the last th- th- thing. And, and you know what? Thank God for that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You know, like yeah. ending on a good note. So, I think they're, I don't know if, it seems to me like they're, they are kind of learning that lesson to like, yeah, just yeah, end yeah. with these nice moments. You don't need, don't end with chaos every week. It doesn't have to be like that. It's very effective to end with just, okay, here's a great moment. We had a great Title defense here. Kushida, you know, came across great. And the two of them are, you know, shaking hands at the end. Great image to end on, right? Well, and it was, you know, even like the end of the Death Triangle versus the Elite. Then when they won, posing on the ladder. Great. Done. We're we're not, you know, we're not going too crazy here. Because I remember at the beginning when they would try to fit in like five storylines in two minutes at the end of the show. Yeah. (laughs) And you and me would be like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on here? These guys would run out for this. These guys would run out for that. Then there's two other guys that would run out where you'd go, what are these guys even doing out here? Yeah. Like they were really bad at that at first. And yeah, they seem to have kind of cut that down to a minimum now. So that's better. So So, here's my sting question for you. Okay. Yes. Like like I've read reports that this is going to be his last year. He's going to retire this year. Okay. Who would you like to see his last match be against? Wow. Um, well, 
He's already going to get to do it in Japan. <laughs> I don't know. Sting and Muda would be pretty wicked. No, no. Um, okay. Let's, sorry. I meant in AEW. Because like, if oh, he does okay, okay. If he does the farewell tour, I, Muda would make sense. But let's talk just AEW. Hmm. That's interesting. Because yeah. uh, I, I have one match that I would like to see. Him they and Darby? There you go. They haven't yeah. teased it. Yeah. They haven't talked about it. And it's like, to me, it's like the mentor versus the mentee. Yeah. We just got to know. And, you know, he puts yeah. over he puts over Darby and right, we ride exactly. off in the sunset. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. That would be pretty awesome. And, I mean, Sting is, you know, Sting is sad he doesn't want to look like a, an idiot or one of those guys out there that can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Right. he's. Up until this point, he's kept his word. I mean, good <laughs> Lord, doing crazy dives in the crowd and stuff like that. So something like that would be pretty cool if they yeah. do go in that direction. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That that is that is the match I would like to see. Like, given what's going on right now in Sting's career, that is the match I would like to see as his yeah. last match. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um. Okay. Uh. Before we talk Briscoe, any ratings yet? Yes, yes. We actually they came out early today. Uh, so uh, AEW did nine hundred and sixty nine thousand viewers, which is just a tad, I think, under last week. Um, oh no, no, wait. Maybe it's sorry. It's a tad up from last week. They did zero point three one in the demo for third place. So pretty much they're holding their own. They're holding their own right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, not a bad, not a bad showing. Um, and hopefully they continue at this level or, or start, you know, raising that number. Uh, okay. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, the Briscoes. If um, just so you know, on the main show this week on the Sunday night's main event with Mike McGuire, um, he's got a lot of stuff planned, but one of the things um, him and I are going to sit down and have a little chat about the Jay Briscoe and the Briscoes and, in their place. But I wanted to get some of your thoughts on um, the Briscoes. Cause I mean, the Briscoes, they always wrestle that very aggressive, uh, you know, very much with the tables and the ladders and the chairs. And I know you're not always the biggest fan of um, that kind of match, but I, for me, the Briscoes, I, I, I really think they're, I really do think they're one of the best tag teams of the last 20 years. Uh, based on the fact you were rarely ever disappointed by one of their matches and they kept it up for so long. I mean, they've been, I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, cornerstone of ring of honor. I mean, they, they missed a year. There was that year where I think it was Mark got hurt and Jay said, well, I don't want to wrestle without my partner. And they took a year off. But apart from that, they, Dude, they, ran, they were there from the beginning it right till the end. Here's the thing, though. It's not even just the wrestling ring. Uh, sorry, the wrestling. I remember, I think this is just before I joined the SNME group. So the, I, I joined in 2019. So you and, I think it was just you and Jason did a best of 2018. I th And I think that was the year that you picked the Briscoes as your best right. on the mic. Right. Yes, because they know, were cutting hilarious promos back Exactly. Yeah. So, like, they were not, like, now, let, I'm going to give a bit of a different perspective. I absolutely respect the Briscoes. I agree with you 100%. In the last 20 years, they are one of the best tag teams out there, right? I'll put them up there with FTR. I'll put them up there with the Bucks. They're they're very good. I, I just was never the biggest fan of, of 
the Briscoes, not, not because I didn't like them. It's just because I didn't watch them. Like, I didn't watch a ton of ROH mm, back then. Right, right. right. Um, but, I mean, everything that I've seen from the Briscoes, it, it has, it's, you know, it's either very good to excellent. So tons of respect to the Briscoes and, and Jay Briscoe. You know, I, I know, like, like I saw, um, I saw a, uh, a tweet or some like an article or some sort of social media article from, from Kevin Owens. And he had nothing but great yes. things to say yes. about Jay Briscoe. Well, Cause saying, they, yeah, they wrestled a lot against each other um, in uh, ROH, right. In tag matches. Well, stuff. actually the, the, the specific example was that like the Briscoes, like the first time that they wrestled the Briscoe. So it was, I think it was him and Sammy or El Generico versus, uh, versus the Briscoes. And Kevin Owens had never met them, and he went up to Jay and said, "Hey, you know, what do you guys want to do?" And Jay Briscoe said, "Let's just tear shit up. Yeah, let's they, tear they, it and, down. And yeah. they tore it down, right? So, dude was amazing in the ring. I'm not going to deny that. Um, you know, like the three matches with FTR alone were legendary. <laughs> you know, let alone yeah. all the stuff yeah. that they did prior to that. Well, and they worked. I mean, again, they were such cornerstones of Ring of Honor. Yes. Everyone." AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Colt Cabana, like every they BJ Whitmer, everybody. They worked with like every team. Right. You know, they did the stuff in uh, New Japan there. They won I think they won the Ring of Honor titles like 13 times or yeah, something and, and, like that. And didn't Jay win the Ring of Honor title once yep, or something like that? Yeah, he won the world title. Yep. yep, yeah, absolutely. From Kevin Owens actually. He that's right. He had yep. a good run. He had a good run as champion as well. The thing for me with the Briscoes, and I don't want to do too much here because I, I want you guys to listen to the main show with Mike and you'll get my thoughts. But the thing I always liked is that in that era that they appeared, and even today, where we have an era where a lot of guys look the same and a lot of guys look generic and it's all about buff bodies and the look. The Briscoes were so old school to me in their presentation. Here's yes. a couple of crazy looking lunatics. They had, the, <laughs> they had the total crazy look of the past where you could get guys like the Wild Samoans or Abdullah and that. And they had this great character, chicken farmers from Delaware. Just right. the way they talked was instantly captivating. Their look was amazing. And I love the vignettes they used to do. They did a bunch when they did that, when they did the part where the two of them actually feuded with each other, or they teased this idea that there was dissension. They got to work things out. They did all these vignettes with their dad on the farm. Say, look, you two got to work this out. You got to do like just amazing, amazing stuff. And their father was with them the whole time. He built them a wrestling ring in right. the backyard so they could learn. So, and, and his actually, their dad was also amateur wrestling coach, although wow. neither one of them did amateur wrestling, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Mark, uh, Mike and I talk a lot about the Briscoes and the whole thing. And it's just it's such a, a sad tragedy. The guy was 38 years old, um, you know, not even 40 years old. It's just it's just so sad. And yes, there were the issues in the past with things he said, but he apologized for these things. And, um, you know, it was it was dealt with. So and I'm not I'm not going to crucify a gay a guy on one little thing like that, especially this guy, because he was and obviously a huge family man. Um, yeah. Matt, Matt Hardy tweeted about how he and Briscoe, you know, one thing they had in common is they were such strong family men. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's just so sad to see um, all that kind of stuff is instantly gone now with this one. You know, never mind us not getting to see them wrestle again. Yeah. The family. 
A whole and, family, and, and, just a family just destroyed by this. Yeah, and and again, just just I know we mentioned this off the top, but uh, you know, sends some good vibes to his his daughter Grace, um, who I believe is is either in or needs surgery or has gone through some surgery and is, is going to need some, uh, you know, potentially going to need some help out there. So you know, um, you know, thoughts to them as well. Okay, so um. But yeah, if you've, if I mean, if you've never seen the Briscoes, like Joe says, the FTR matches alone are enough to cement their legacy. But man, oh man, like I, they never, they never had a boring match. You know, for me too, when Ring of Honor had Toronto on the path as a regular, like there was a period there for like every year, Ring of Honor hit Toronto in May, and man, if the Briscoes were on the card, you always knew there was just going to be one match that would be absolute craziness. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they were to me they, I always looked forward to seeing them because I thought they were really such a great throwback team and think about this we're talking about a team as one of the best teams you know maybe ever in pro wrestling and never once wrestled in the WWE and I think that's pretty fantastic um did, I don't know if you know this Joe when they went to the WWE for their tryout they were rejected because of their look Oh, which is so not surprising. That is, that's, yeah, it, that's you know so what? It, not surprising, right? It, it is, and it's unfortunate, man, because those guys, I think they like, you know what? They would have kicked ass anywhere, but I think, I they think could, so. Yeah, they could have kicked ass in the WWE because you, because they were characters as well. That's and, it. You know what that's I mean? That's what made them work. That's yeah. what made them work. Again, what do we say are the best wrestlers? Naturally like that, amp it up. That yep. was the Briscoes. Yeah. That's what you saw is what you get. And they were like that. And they just created they just created great characters. And I yep. urge anybody um, to go out there and, and find some of those vignettes. I'm sure they're out there on YouTube and stuff because they yep. they were fantastic. And, yeah, they're, they're, there was a period where their interviews always, always made me laugh. So, yeah, for sure. So. Um, actually, before we sign off, I, I, again, I, I did want to stress that, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening to us on the free feed, welcome aboard. Um, if you like what you hear, by all means, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio. Along with Dan and I, you'll get pretty much all your wrestling needs. You're going to get uh, a raw report on Tuesday. Um, you're going to get an NXT report. You're going to get an all elite weekly. You, you'll get the smack daddies covering SmackDown. You've got. And for everything else in between, we've got Bam, you've got Dan with, with, with your music show. And by the way, Dan, your last couple of shows have been pretty kick-ass, I got to tell you. Uh, nice driving music bopping in the car there. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Thank for, you. Thank the, you. The, really quick story for those of you who, who have not heard Dan's uh, music, music show, I, I will warn you that if you're in Costco like I was one week and you have Dan's music show going – don't be surprised if you find yourself dancing at a Costco. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Hey, man, dancing anywhere. If I can make you dance anywhere, that's 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 very yeah, good. Yeah, but but dancing at a Costco dance? <laughs> Come on. That's true. that's true. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, well, that's it. Again, yeah, check out the main show. Joe's got a lot or uh, Mike's got a lot of great stuff on the Sunday show uh, this week. And again, lots to talk about. As always, we'll be back again next week as well for more Dynamite. So take us out, Joe. Old guys out.